Let's get ready to throw down. Welcome to the show, everybody. We are back, still working from home, as are most people. And today we're talking about something that happens quite often. And essentially it's haggling, right? You've signed a contract, change orders happen, changes in the relationship. And sometimes it makes sense to uh, pivot. Sometimes it makes sense to stand your ground. And then there's there's other components in play. And so uh, I was dealing with some of this earlier this week myself and Clint um, is working on it right now. So we figured it would be a good topic because sometimes you have to go back and pick your battles. So um, Clint, you were saying before we turn on the recording, Oh, yep. Sorry, Al. What you or got? stand your ground or, or stand your ground. Right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. and there's the decision that has to be made. So, yeah. Um, so, Clint, you were talking about a change order on a project um, and kind of getting beat up on pricing about it and, and not to put anybody under the bus. But, you know, can you can you give us like the high level overview for or anybody who's listening? I mean, yeah, I mean, so let's start with uh, first off, it's construction. This happens daily on every single project you ever do you know everybody agrees no change orders on these jobs and in a perfect world that'd be great but the fact is as you change scope you won't you know you, you can't foresee every single object in in construction it's it's impossible as much as i'd love to say that all these um, new programs and stuff these computer automated you know coordination programs that you use are going to alleviate all those problems. They're, they're going to alleviate a lot, right? And, and and they do. And, you know, if you have really good, uh, you know, prints and blueprints and, you know, you can get everybody on the team from all walks of life and you can put them in one room and go through how you're going to walk the job before you actually do it, you're going to alleviate a lot of problems. But eventually somebody's going to get caught, you know, in a, in a spot where, hey, this is not what we agreed to, right? And, Contract language and and in construction and I would guess a lot of other areas, contract language of what you agree to do um, is hugely important because that's what you're going to be held with, right? And sometimes the customer, um, in this case, right, will use that contract against you when it's your fault, right? And you're asking for a handout. Hey, you know, I didn't I didn't quite get it all here. I need an extra five thousand dollars to get this done. And they say nope in contract, blah, 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 exhibit C, line item 45, you stated this and you signed it, so screw you, buddy, right? They say that to you. And um, the funny thing is, is when when you have to use it in reverse, right? Hey, you're telling me you're not going to pay me for this, but clearly in the contract, it states that you shall. You're trying, one, you're trying to navigated the problem with a customer that could give you future work or not give you future work, right? So there's always that in the balance, right? Not to mention, it might be at the beginning of the project as the, pro- the, the situation I'm dealing with today is at the very beginning stages of a year-long project. What we do today sets a precedence on how we're going to deal with everything in the future, right? Do you stand your ground now and you're going to stand your ground the rest of the time, but you get paid this time and therefore you set the precedence to get paid for this stuff down the road, or do you fold because it's only a little amount now and then you have a bigger change order and a bigger one and a bigger one, but they're not going to pay you because they didn't pay the first one. So there's so many situations I could talk about this all day. You know, we'll open this up for some discussion, but you know, essentially that's the thing is how do you deal with these situations when they arise? Do you pick your battles? Uh, sometimes it's worth it, right? Sometimes it's, it's not worth the fight. It's not even worth the paper that it's printed on to talk about, just to get through it and make everybody happy, including yourself, right? Um, so yeah, the situations happens that they happen every day in all walks of life. So, so Clint, do you? I mean, when you sign a contract, I guess I, my first question is, and and you know, you like you said, the prints are drawn up, and you guys start the project. I mean, is that a binding contract? I mean, oh, is yeah. that hey, okay, so we will yeah. sue if we don't complete and, and follow this contractual arrangement to the, yep. to the end. Okay. Yeah, so that's, and and that's I thought it thing, was right? that way. I, I mean, that was my assumption. And, and, you know, depending on, um, and, and that's where it gets hairy on, um, you know, if you're, let's say you're an officer at a company, you're a VP or a president or a, you know, a CEO, CFO, and you send an email that mentions that contract and you, you know, you just happen to, 
having to say, oh, don't worry about that. We'll handle it. Just just forget, re- disregard. That is now an amendment of, of the contract, whether anybody wants to. Because when you go to litigation or arbitration, that's all going to be compiled. All those documents are going to be compiled. So one, you got to be careful what you say, right? If um, It's really easy to skim through a hundred page contract and miss a few line items and just sign it and say, Hey, well, Hey, we're buddies, man. We're, we're good people. We'll treat you right. You'll treat us right. Cause Hey, people sure. do it every day. Right. And they get away with it five, six, seven times out of 10. But man, when you get caught <coughs> and people really press it and to be honest with you, it depends on who you're working with. Right. If I'm working for a company that has 300 project managers and I work with three of them all the time, but I get to that fourth one that's a stickler on contract language and he yeah. beats me up one time. He could cost me hundreds or he or she could cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars. So mm-hmm. it, it's just always funny how it circles back, right? People hold you to stuff. And then when you need, you know, when then you, you have that golden ticket for it to work in your favor, they just act like it's, you know, oh, we're not going to honor the contract. It's like, man. And, and to be honest with you, the money that I'm talking about looking at right now is not worth sending to any lawyers to get involved because it, the cost of washing about the first four hours, right? For both sides. <laughs> but, but you brought up a key point prior to us going on, 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 you know, live here is that, you know, this is millions of dollars and you're haggling over thousands of dollars, right? Right. You know, yeah, you're, you're so, stepping, so when you, I, I always call it stepping over dimes to pick up pennies. Yeah, right. And so, <laughs> which is a great analogy. I love that. Um, so, so how, how do you foresee? I mean, do you spend a year living a, a death of a million cuts, or I mean, or do you just play it as it goes? I mean, is it a day by day scenario? Yeah, you know, so there's going to be some, um, there's going to be some hard conversations over, over this, over the next couple, probably the next 24 hours for me. And uh, there's going to be okay. some hairy um, conversations with a customer, right. That could easily just say, I'm never dealing with these guys. If they're, you know, cause he's looking at it the same way. If they're willing to fight over this 12 grand or 20 grand or three grand, I don't want to work with this guy anymore because I have another customer over here. That's never bothered me about that stuff. Um, but for me, it's about, well, one of it is is past, right? So how many times has this customer burned you in the past? And is this an expectation? And and there's a couple different ways to look at it. I put factors on my my bids all the time by who the customer is going to be because I know who I'm going in into bed with, right? So hey, yeah, the, the project costs two million dollars. Really it cost me 1.75, but I put a quarter million dollars on there because I know you're gonna you're not going to pay me for anything else that I do. So I'm just going to put this factor on there. I call it the, you know, you call it the fudge factor or, you know, whatever you want to call it, but that's, yeah, that's, that's one way to deal with it. Right. Or if you, you sign the agreement, I sign the agreement, we shake hands, we do this deal, but we're going to do it by what you signed and what I signed and what we said we'd do. Right. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in this, uh, in this, specific uh instance they're they're using anybody and everybody they can that they've ever talked to in our company to say oh well so-and-so told me you had it and i'm like okay well it doesn't really matter what so-and-so said we spent three three weeks negotiating this contract right and we went through line items on everything like oh do are you going to pick up your own trash yes it's a line item okay yeah we signed that are you going to do this yes we signed it so that it's so detailed down to that point that now you're going to use it against me on, on what somebody might've said six weeks ago. Like you're crazy, man. You're crazy. So, so in, in the website world, we, so we were trying to be the affordable website guys. And so because of that, we would tell everybody, Hey, look, you know, let's, let's figure out the scope of work. Let's figure out what it's going to make or, or cost to like make this happen. And then in every conversation, I would have to tell everybody, look, once you see this thing, you're going to want to make some changes to it, right? And some people want 30 minutes of changes and some people want four to five hours of changes. And we don't really feel right just putting an inflated number and guessing on your behalf. So instead, we don't factor in any time for changes. So any changes you want to make are going to be extra. Are you okay with that? 
And everybody was always like, oh yeah, sure. Absolutely. This is no, pro no problem at all. And then we get going and then because everybody forgets everything, they see it and they're like, cool, John, here's what I want to change. Right. And then you have to go back in there and be, well, we have an agreement that changes are not included. Do you want to handle this now? Or should we work on completing the scope and launching this thing? And then we can do it later. And a couple of times we had a couple of people who were like, you're nickel and diming me. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You had other conversations before us and you were getting quotes, you know, 10 to $15,000. We're doing this thing for five. And I told you why it's different in cost. So how are we nickel and diming you? You know, that's a, it's a, it's a good point because uh, the other side to think about it too is like, and, and we've said this on the show um, probably 50 times, you have to look at yourself as, as the doctor, you're the doctor in your field, right? What you do, you do professionally and what you sell, you sell it professionally. And you would never go back to a doctor and say, oh, I can't believe he charged me for that, you know, outpatient visit. Like, of course he's going to charge you. That's his freaking job. And nobody ever argues, right? In, in this instant and what we're dealing with is like contractual language, you got to look at it like this. You're the lawyer in your field right now, right? Like if I pick up the phone and call a lawyer right now, the clock is right started. In the moment. He, he, he answered it, right? The clock started and I'm going to pay for that stuff. So these things, these changes, you, you pay all these people to write these big contract languages. Everybody agrees. You sign up the dotted line. That's what everybody's held to, right? If you want something in there, get it in there before, yeah. before you sign it. The, the third day yeah. of boot camp there was this guy and he goes up to the drill sergeant and uh, some conversation ensues, you know, and this, and this kid starts talking about going to like airborne school and ranger school and everything else. And the drill sergeant goes, is that in your contract? And he goes, he goes, no drill sergeant. They just said, if I was good enough, I'd get it. And he was like, you ain't getting nothing if it's not in that contract. So welcome. And, and I think about that all the time when I'm like negotiating with people and stuff like this, because as a C, like, I really want it to be clear. I want to know what, what, like, I don't like ambiguity in any of my deals, like, like at all. And I will go to pretty great lengths to make sure that everyone's on the same page, but man, if it's not in that contract and it's not documented in some way, shape or form, there's room for it to get misconstrued. And yep. it just goes all over me. You know, my wife used to make fun of me all the time. Cause we would go to, I mean, I mean, anywhere and buy something and they'd hand you this, like, like, in a, you know, you sign the lease for a house or something. They hand you this like 12 page document and what's everybody do, right? Initial here, initial here, initial here. It takes you three seconds. And I'm like, you just signed 40 pages of like over, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in 30 seconds or less. And I'm that guy that like kicks his knee up on the conference table and starts reading and everybody's like, okay, uh, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm just, oh, well, <laughs> hey, let me tell you what that page says. I'm like, I'll decipher what the page says. My wife's like, oh, he does this all the time. It'll take him three hours to do this. And it's like, hey, man, I'm I'm signing this, right? Why like, not? Hey, it's, hey, there you go. There is nothing wrong with that approach, right? On either side of the fence. Because I'm in healthcare and in healthcare, everything's predicated off of Medicare. I just looked at a contract here recently with my clinics where we're going, you know, it's an insurance company and they, it's a, a Medicaid process. So it comes in under Medicare. So everything is medic, you know, 95% of Medicare. So Medicare is the benchmark, but I live in a world where we don't know what we're going to get paid till we get paid. Right. In a sense of, I can send a bill for a million dollars to see you. And they say, here's our contracted rate right? And we're small. Here's what we're going to pay you. And my recourse is almost nil because to fight an insurance company is to fight a behemoth. And so you then decide, do I do business with this insurance company or do I not? Do I accept? Because now having said that, Care Nows and some of these bigger organizations can collectively go in and say, hey, we're nationwide or we're statewide you know, if we're going to be working with you guys. And so there is a brother-in-law deal, not necessarily brother-in-law, but, you know, power and might and, and size will determine what your contract looks like. And hospitals get that, right? Because they have emergency services. People would be dying if there weren't emergency rooms, correct? So they have more leverage than a, a family practice does. And it is 
that's the tier that we deal with. And literally we build two and a half times Medicare. I'm not ashamed of that. And then we look at our reimbursements and currently we're deciding, do we still want to stay on this particular plan and see this group of patients? And remember patients come in and they have an insurance card in one hand and problem in their other hand, they know, a little bit about their problem and absolutely nothing about what their insurance either pays for and does not pay for because they got a book. Okay. That was the contract they signed for the money that they pay every month. And sometimes these people pay thousands of dollars and they have shit for healthcare. It is the most effed up system on the face of the earth. Now, having said that, I like Medicare because Medicare says, hey, here's your standard. We don't deviate from it and we pay in two weeks. So when we start looking at certain plans, I mean, we're a busy clinic. I'll take volume and certainty. Therefore, I can plan cash flow and I know what's, what, what level I can, how many employees I can put on, what kind of building I can rent or, or own. You see where I'm going with that? But now, if you talk about Blue Cross Blue Shield, and those guys are going to come cut my testicles off right now, they've got 15 different deviations of their plan, right? And so, you know, literally, I, my staff has to navigate through all of that, and it's all contractual. Hey, you know, they'll wave a piece of paper. So that, there's healthcare for sure. you and the, the, the dilemma there. I mean, I, I go back to, like, something that everybody on this planet can – align with what we're talking about is like you get a credit card you sign the agreement you apply for a credit card there's all that language right after so many months and so much dollars 22 percent interest and you get your first bill and it's like uh-oh how, how do i ever get out like I'm, I'm screwed how do i ever get out of this right and and it just and you can't pay it and here's what happens and like that you sign those things daily probably if not you know at least at least a couple times a year, you sign these things in your own personal life. And then, you know, like if you're, I don't want to say ignorant because I've made that mistake a hundred times. Um, but if you're, if you're doing that in your personal life, you're damn sure going to drag it into your professional world. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's the consequences are just as bad, if not worse. Well, you said ignorant. I, I think it's that we're trusting that somebody said something and that we can use their verbiage. And, and there's where salesmen go off the rails all the time, sure. yeah. right? We tend to be, first of all, trying to make a sale. And second oh. of all, thinking that this company, I'm dealing with somebody fairly high up in the company. I'm not talking to the receptionist. I mean, I did talk to her and I was polite and I got back to the decision maker. This guy carries a VP title or he carries some kind of stature and he's making me promise okay, what, is, what does that really mean at the end of the day? If like you yeah. say, Clint, it's not in the fine print. Yeah. I so, mean, I mean, yeah, look contracts at, are, are key. They are, they are key. And, and even to the point of, you know, m medical commercials on TV, the ads on the radio, right. When they do that, like one and a half times uh, speed on the, all the stuff that they, mm -hmm. you know, include exclude. And uh, you know, People get caught in the trap. It's like, hey, uh, if you take this pill, it will absolutely cure, you know, your psoriasis. But you're going to get fucking life-threatening diarrhea, vomiting, you know, indigestion. <laughs> right, exactly. It's, like, it's a disclaimer at the end, right? So yeah. You take your life, right? And it's, it's like put you in the grave. Yeah. And and oh. when and when your when your spouse takes it, right, and and they die, you want to go get you want to sue somebody. But it's like, hey, dude, I told you, if you took the pill, you die. You know what I mean? And it's so easy for people, big corporations to just throw all that shit at us little people. And, uh, you know, you got to be careful uh, what you what you set your precedence out of what you're willing to accept. And um, yeah, so, man, it's it's tough to go back to a nugget that like Al dropped a second ago. Right. Which which I think there's a there's a very quick overlap to how we all kind of talk about selling. You know, Al said that he would take certainty and volume over essentially hope, right? You know, hoping, hoping that he gets paid at close to what he bills at, hope that he can cover his bills because God knows when it's going to come in. And here's the deal. I, 
I see people on Facebook, right? People who I follow, I'm in certain groups and they're, and they're putting out the same advice. You know, like I was talking with Clint that this guy was saying, you follow up with somebody forever and ever and ever, just in case, you know, they can buy originally or uh, eventually. And it's like, well, that's an option, right? If you want to spend forever following up with someone in the hopes that they're going to have money, eventually you can do that. I want to go spend time where my chances are high and I'm going to talk about money early. So that way I don't get into a situation where I qualify and then I pitch and then I propose and I do all of this stuff and then get told that there's no money. And then I feel obligated to follow up because I've fallen into the trap of investing too much time with somebody who doesn't deserve my time. Yeah, that's a, but you're, you're, he's not, you know, so there's some truth to what that comment is, right? Let's get that out there because there is some truth that if you, you know, if you throw somebody out to the trash once, because you didn't like the situation or, or, or maybe they, they promised you something. And so it's like, ah, screw those people. I'll never talk to them again, which is a very big tendency of myself and, and most D's, right. And screw you, man, I'm done. I'll never talk to you again. You make those big, bold statements. Well, Hey, you'll never get any business. And I mean, that's a fact. If you never try, you'll never get right. So, but there is a fine line the other way. That's, that's extreme one way. Let's go extreme the other way of, okay, I bid 600 jobs to this person. They've never had the money. They've never had to do it. How long are you going to continue that? And, and the other thing is too, is how many other people do you have in your pipeline that fit that description, right? Because eventually it becomes compounding numbers. And how many people of these can I have? There's only so much time in a day. How many people do I put on my team to take care of these people that never give me any work? So so there's a little truth to the statement of if you, if you, you know, if you quit following up, yeah, you're right. You'll never get a job because you quit following up. But there's also the other side of the equation that, that is the untrue side of what he said of you can't follow up forever. Right. Because, because if you never get any work and your hit ratio is at 1% because all you have is those type of people, I've got to hire 30, 40 people on staff just to keep up with getting those all day long. Like that doesn't make business sense either. So, you know, I'm not shitting on the idea, but um, I'm shitting on the idea. You know, I think it's a, I think just like with any other piece of sales advice and most advice in general, there's a slippery slope because depending upon your perception of, and and how you want to take that thing, then you run with the ball and right. You know, and, uh, I was saying that that if your follow-up is mostly automated, right, and you're going to put them into some, some sort of like long-term nurturing sequence that's just done by email, you don't really have to do a whole lot of hand-holding, I'm totally fine. But like, I want to know super, super easy and super early so that way I don't have to spend more time with you. And then also, I have found that it's a lot easier to get back in front of these people when I have another offer or so, something else to like talk to them about whenever it's like, cool, let's close this. If I see something else, can I come back and talk to you about it? Absolutely, you know? Well, and, sure. and you know, it's funny because to that point, uh, one, the slippery soap side of, of like contract language to our points earlier, like you can get into some slippery slopes of how you set the precedence of, okay, I, I negated the contract today, but I'm going to follow it tomorrow. No, once you, once you disregard contract language, it's pretty hard not to dis, you know, for them to use that against you down the road. That's, that's one thing. Um, you know, the other side of it too, is like, um, how many people do you, you know, you reach out to and they tell you no, 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 and you keep bidding them, you know, you keep, you keep trying to get that same answer and you don't ever drop them. You put those in your pipeline and their hopes and dreams. And we all, I mean, I hate hopes and dreams. You can't bank on any of, you can't forecast it. Um, I even tell some of my vendors um, that'll bid me every job that we bid, they bid me, they've never won anything. And they say, man, how do we, how do we get business with you? I'm thinking, man, I've told you a hundred times, like your pricing is so far out there from the other three that I get, your scope doesn't match, your pricing's out of order. I even ask them, why, why do you even bother? You know, like, seriously, I'm, I mean, like, of course, I'm going to take your bid. You're giving it to me for free. Of course, I'm going to take it. Of course, I'm going to compare it. But honestly, so, man, like, so I've- quit calling me. I have a question, Clint. Then who do they sell to? You you, you seem reasonable. I, I know you in, yeah. in in a couple of different capacities. So how does that business stay afloat? I, I think they I think they them? get I think they get lucky. You know, I think that they okay. get somebody that that doesn't get the other bids, right? So they're the only one to compare themselves to. So it's like, hey, this is what it costs. 
well, that's just not how we do business here at the company I work in. It's not how I run my team to, you know, we don't just get, um, we don't just take somebody's word for it all the time because that's shocking that anyone does. That's well, well, but, but they do. Hey, when I, when I first got here, we didn't get bids on anything. We just took uh, knowledge off other jobs and said, Hey, we're going to just bid this $4 million right. project with hopes and dreams and feels and hope it all works out. And sometimes it did, sometimes it didn't. So, you know, it, it so Clint, then, then I, I have a question specific to just what you said when you got there, was it that they didn't have a clear cut process to deal with a consistent approach to every job that they bid? No, it Meaning, was a, I'm assuming they didn't. It was a, it was the fact that they couldn't get it because everybody, everybody had pissed off the good people. And uh, so they just said, I'm not bidding to these guys anymore. And it wasn't anything to do with. Um, so our process was kind of screwed up. There was a there was a kink in the in the chain or the armor, so to speak, of how our processes went to where. Our beginning, our, our pre-construction department could gather quotes and get all these promises from people. We'd win the job, we'd hand it over. And when we handed it over, those people had all the authority to negate all the deals that we had made to get to that number and they could go you know essentially okay. buy from whoever they wanted so when you do that to people enough people get pissed off and they say well i'm not ever going to bid this to you again on bid day because when you get it your people that you hand it over to are just gonna use their buddy so yeah. that was that, okay. that that is the um, the thing that we changed right it's like you know, during our turnover, it's like, okay, who did, who did you use? How did you get to this number? Why did you get to the number? Why did you guys use these instead of that? But you got to have somebody there to explain all that. And when you do that, it's like, Hey, I'm handing this over to you knowing that I use these guys to get to that number. This, Hey, buy this out all day long. Cause they were so close. It doesn't really matter. Hopefully you get a good deal, but on this, you know, this portion of the bid, you have to use these people because we wouldn't have got the job without these people. So I, I push my promises. So, so forego your, did I hear you forego your margins because you're, you're going to have to use some more expensive exactly. subcontractors so, to get a better job done. Exactly. I've, I've essentially done all the, the work for you before it gets to me turning it over. I've the reason I got to this price and the reason I got that job, because we're in a bottom dollar take, we'll take whatever the lowest number is market. That's the market that I'm in. And wow. um, so, you know, I'm constantly cashing in favors and Hey, we'll get you on the next one, but I need you to do this favor. And, you know, it's just, a, it's the world you live in and it's the market I live in. It's not the business I like to do, but it's the world I live in. And I got us, you know, we're all surviving. So especially this year, mm -hmm. right. It's not, it's not the sure. way I do business in a normal, healthy year, but it's the business that I'm doing right now, and it is what it is. Nan, you've been super quiet. Um, well, you know, I just, you? I just don't have a lot. I do have um, clients that I have to have a contract with, and, you know, Clint made the statement of 90 pages. Probably my biggest contract is 20, maybe, and it's pretty simplistic. You know, there's not a lot. It's not very complicated and what they are going to read and have to agree to. Um, I have had times that a client will change, not necessarily asking for something different than the contract is stating, but they, you know, this really isn't working. We, in this way, can we do it this way? So I have to implement, you know, a, a different alternative. And I, you know, the reason I haven't shared is it's that, simplistic that you know I just offer another alternative and I don't do that until I've let a lot of um, thought and time go by so that you know I, it sounds like Clint especially has to pretty much be on task continuously with what changes they want I don't really you know I can, I can go okay let's slow down here and think about it and it, it's just that simplistic I, I think constructions really I mean also I'm not I'm not dealing with you know million dollar deals here either so well but they yeah, but it, sell it, yourself it, short because it, Nan has million dollar accounts though well, I mean, well you have an account. it's, it's 
don't get caught up on the money side, get caught up in the percentage side. So, you know, if $10,000 is, you know, 30% of your thing, and that's what you're, they're willing, to, you know, denying to pay you, then 30% is a big freaking deal, man. You know, 1%, 2%, I don't know what's a big deal in whatever, whoever's market. So right. don't get caught up on the money, get caught up on the percentage well, of what it means to your project. So for yeah. me, it, and then and I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on you, but no, like, um, okay. like, I look at it like this, you sell a $4 million job, maybe you're making 200,000 in profit, like strictly profit. If everything goes right, perfect world over a year. So divide that shit by 12, or maybe it's 18 months. It, it's, it really starts to get thin, right? Yeah. So if you do that, math and you do, if you divide 200,000 by 18, and now somebody's willing to screw you on $12,000, they just took a month out of your profit margin, right? They just took it. It's mm. gone. You just lost it. So now I, I just that's think how, that's how I always look at it, right? So, in if you put it, our two situations together, as you were talking about that, this twelve thousand um, dollar pullback, basically, I was thinking, you know, just instead of seeing it direct, that's why I brought up the alternative thing, like you know, just having that in-depth conversation with them like or, or does that not just happen i guess that's just how i de- i feel like i deal with any kind of controversy in with my clients is i never just go what the hell are you talking about twelve thousand dollars i'd be like okay now you know but maybe you can't do that in construction i don't know i just um, I, and maybe no, that you, is because i'm an ass i'm just like you, you absolutely figure it out. all right so so based on something that like nan said right there i you know there's the other side of precedent, right? Like, like as salespeople, we know that this stuff happens. We know that people like want to beat us up and sometimes it's malicious and some, sometimes it's just a lack of clarity. But they can, you know, I mean, it, it's yeah. bad that they can, but they can. You know? So, so Clint, you know, how do you know that it's a situation where they're, where they're not just misunderstanding and a, and a, and, and just like a really good conversation gets you through it. Exactly. So, so, I mean, like to me, that's step one, two, and three right? You okay. try once, you try again, you try a third. And if they're still not getting it, like, let's just revert back to uh, plain English language that's on paper. You know, like, if you're not trying steps one through three of dealing with it, you know, before it drags other people in, because, you know, to be honest with you, my next phone call only goes when it's either we hash this deal out, or it goes up the food chain. And when it goes up the food chain, the first thing that happens in a publicly traded company is what are the lawyers going to say? Exactly. Like that's the next step. step. And I never, mm-hmm. ever, ever wanted to get to that because it, because I could be wrong, right? I could be wrong in everything I'm saying and we get caught at fault, right? I hope that I'm not, but I'm not a lawyer either. And I'm not, I'm not, all these contracts are written by lawyers for lawyers. I'm not a lawyer. I'm trying to decipher this shit as much as the guy on the other side of the fence is too. So we're not lawyers. We, we don't understand the certain languages. You guys have seen those. So when it does go up there and I get made a fool by letting, you know, I deny, I deny all this stuff and we're, yeah, let's uh, let our lawyers hash it out. That's an easy statement to make. But then when you get caught a fault, it's not a fun situation either. So you try to resolve it peacefully a hundred times out of a hundred. And there gets to a point where it's like, guys, uh, you know, I know I'm right. I know that this is wrong. I know what you're doing is trying to screw me. I have backup to prove it and I'm going to hand all this stuff over and let's let them dig it out in the trenches. You know, I, I don't know. And, and so, yeah. yes, step one, well, step one, I'll, I'll even, I'll, I'll make it extreme. Step one through 50 is resolve this shit peacefully. Just, <laughs> yeah. But, did, but Clint, do you think that we're in a new era of this kind of haggling scenario because everybody has this whole slowdown in the economy? Yeah. You know, Pe- people, are, we're, people, we're are all getting, kinda... people are getting work in this economy because they are the lowest priced person. You are getting work because you probably missed something or agreed to miss something that eventually in construction is a prime example. Like, you know, let's say we, we agree to do a job for a price that we would never have done a year ago. Um, eventually, everybody forgets that, right? So I have to constantly remind, okay, and, and this is why we have a lot of procedures and, and sign-offs on when I bid a job at 
let's say 10% profit. Whereas last year I would have bid it at 20 and, and both scenarios I could have got, but this year is tough. Right. But then that job goes on for a year. So now a year later, a year from today, October, 2021, my, um, my, my CPA comes to me or my CFO comes to me and he says, Hey, we're losing money on this job. We're not making what we should be making. Well, yeah. If you remember a year ago, we were a lot hungrier, right? And this isn't a healthy year because if 2021 turns around, like I think it will, and it turns around, you've sold a bunch of jobs in my industry that are going to happen in the good year. Right. And you're going to forget what it was like to suffer this year. So, you know, that, that plays a big factor of don't forget, you know, uh, and that's why contracts to me are so important. We signed up for this, for this job, and we need to put everything that we can down on paper. As much as I hate paperwork and signing contracts, you have to, it's just liability and you have to cover your own ass because everybody else out there. And, and I'm not saying everybody will, but every, you have to treat everybody like they're a, a, you know, trying to screw or potentially going to yeah potentially going to go this route right sure and and i i think there's a take home message in what you just said that you have to be hoping for the best but preparing for the worst and and the way you prepare for the worst event is to have it in writing right there's your defense in so many cases is here's the black and white that we both signed yep. now we were all getting along going along, getting along, and then it hit the skids because you either got fed up or I got fed up with, like you say, a death of a million cuts, and it got a little egregious, and we couldn't work through this. You have to be able to have a piece of paper that picks up and solidifies what was expected out of both sides of this equation. Sure. And then you got to decide, is it worth suing each other over it? And if it's not, and hey, don't be afraid to say, you know, is this going to be litigation or because remember, that's not an idle threat because I can get an attorney. You can get an attorney. John can get, you know, we can all go get an attorney. The, the question is, do we want to spend the money to let yep. the courts decide what we should probably try to figure out here and now? You right? know, what's funny is, is nine times out of 10 in my business, you know what the lawyers say? What can you guys settle on? What can we all settle on? Oh, you you don't know how many times they've like, have you just like picked up the phone and tried to talk this out? And And I'm all pissed off. And (laughs) so, so, hey, literally tonight, you know, before we got on this, I'm talking to one of our project managers, you know, and he's telling me, he's telling me the situation that I'm going to have to deal with, you know, first thing in the morning. And my first question, and I didn't read any documents. I don't know anything. All I know is the sum of money that everybody's fighting over. And I said, what are we willing to settle with? That was my first question. It's not saying I will, but I want to know what are we willing right. to settle with, right? Because if this goes up the food chain, the very first thing that's going to happen, we're going to pay 60 and they're going to pay 40 or they're going to pay 50 and we're going to pay 50. That's what's going to happen. Nobody's going to get paid 100%. Mm-hmm. So why can't we do this now and just say, okay, do what, what do you guys want to see? What are we willing to eat to make all this shit just go away? But you got to be careful there well, to set the precedence to, to know that everything is not negotiable, right? So, yep. like, there's yeah. there's a – man, every – I would say this. Every situation about what we're talking about has so many factors. There are factors on who you're dealing with, what you promised, who you are as a person. Uh, it deals with the company. How much potential do they have to give you in the future? Do you even want to work with these people anymore? I mean, the list goes on. I could write you I mean, 50 I'm- – 50 things ultimately it is negotiating from the littlest contract you know this this evening i got a flu shot and i had to sign i had to answer all the questions then i had to sign and date for a blooming flu shot right but but the clinic that you get the flu shot needs to be protected and hey 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 um, hey girl that's my clinic and damn right we need to be protected (laughs) crazy girl like you'll go out there and claim her arm swole up she had to cut it off <laughs> at home and then she's at the emergency room left the arm in the freezer and damn hey. it she wants compensation 
Hey, Dr. But, Daniel, can we hey, get back the, to what I was saying? Was when the broke, when the broken needle's still stuck in the cut off arm in the freezer, it's kind of hard to deny. Like, <laughs> hold on, hold on, wait, wait a second. Not my needle. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, sh show okay. me the serial. So anyway, show me the serial number. So anyway, all I was saying, gonna say is, it a contract is just the guidelines for negotiation, right? So you. The problem is that we are That's in a good most statement, cases, actually. Yeah. We are in most cases the person at the mercy of the person that is buying from us, right? Yeah. That will right. And so we want that, right? But what you said a few minutes ago, it ultimately is a negotiation, should be a negotiation, and there should be for both people the a benefit. So exactly what you were talking about, Clint, you, you don't, you're not at someone's mercy. Even if you want the sale, you should never be at the mercy. So just think of it as a negotiation and go in there with, I mean, you already know all that, but well, it, it, it sounds it, so terrible that we're these salespeople and that we're at the mercy of our client because they're going to hold us, you know, and threaten us with, they're going to their lawyer. Well, Oh, well, you know, and I know we need the money because that's part of our, that's our job to get the money. Right. Yeah. But it, it's, it's, it's you girl. Man, yeah. she's on it jilted tonight. lovers out there, a bunch of jilted lovers. I was totally expecting her to be like taking the approach of, well, it's okay because we're the ones who want the contract and wants the money. So it's okay for us to have the pressure, yeah, but she's right. not going that words. way. Good, well, yeah, yeah, good she's words. She's up. Man, I like it. She comes in late, but man, it's impactful. All right. So, I'm stopping. No, no, that's not it at all. We had to, I know, I'm just teasing. we had to put down a deal earlier this week because this guy, uh, you know, we were going to come in and handle sales and marketing for this company. And, uh, we we were, he kept trying to rush us onto the phone. Hey, hey, like, like when can you guys start taking calls? When can you start taking calls? And it's like, well, after the paperwork, right. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not taking calls for anybody else until I, until I know what the terms are. And then we had all these conversations about like different levels of equity and commission and stuff like this. And every day it was changing and changing and changing and changing. And so then it changed again. And I was like, guys, like, like we need to just put this down because as of right now, these guys don't think that they need us. Right. So, so we're being treated like nice to haves. Right. I don't think that they can, you know, hit these numbers without some, some serious help. So, you know, let, let's go find something else. And the, the other two guys are really invested in this, right? And so now they're, no, we can save it. We can save it. If we do this one well, the other ones are going to go better. And I, I was like, why would they give us more next time when we were okay with not as much this time, right? Because like, you know, they're talking about doing multiple projects and they're like, well, because if we kill it and, and, and I said, okay, ask me for more money. And he goes, he goes, well, we'd like a little bit more on this one. Well, you did it just fine last time without that much. Exactly. Why should we change it now? You guys, you guys. So, were just fine. so I've been in that situation. And when I deal with a manufacturer, right, they make a particular widget that I'm going to go ahead and, and sell in, in that silo. My first conversation is today we're going to work on these margins. If I meet the benchmark and we'll make sure what that benchmark is, mm -hmm. Never. I mean, it's okay to concede in the beginning. I'm not Absolutely. sure how much of this I can sell, but if knowing my trends and knowing my industry, if I meet this benchmark, right, you're going to owe me more money from this point going forward because we've got a good thing going. And at a certain point, if I can't sell it, then it won't matter either way. Will it? Yeah. Right. And, and, and I have a, a, a small point to that. Um, you know, I, I think we're dealing with a lot of stuff where how you treat your customer on project one, you know, sets a precedence for project 10 100%. or, you know, and, and I will tell you, I caution you on this because as a, as a person that manages a sales team, when somebody tells you we're going to do this project for cost because we're going to get 10 more bullshit, I just, this, I mean, <laughs> Because, I mean, because the reality is, is like, um, I just don't do, I just don't work personally and professionally that way myself. Um, but why do I have to do this at cost for you now? Yeah. I mean, you, you want yeah. me to do the next 10 projects. I, I should be a valued customer. 
why are you asking me to do this for basically free? And if anything goes wrong, I'm, I'm going to lose money. And then the thing is, is so we agree to the one, right? And then on the next one, you set the precedence to say, well, you did it for this last time. Why won't you do it for this again? And you're hungry again because it's a bad year. Or you haven't sold anything. So you do it again, right? And Project 10 rolls around. And guess what? You ain't sold nothing that made any money. That's tough. So, so Clint, I, I, you just sparked an analogy. You know how like you go to Costco and they got the little sample guy out there. You know, he's got the little tray of the little tasters, right? Yep. It's okay for a taster to be like at cost, right? Yep. Or a loss leader. Sure. But don't call it a whole freaking meal because nope. you don't give that away for free, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, you, you get the little, little cup that you get to taste, but the rest of it you pay retail for, right? Yep. Yep. All right, well, so it doesn't so hurt to be, to be kind, but you don't need to be generous, overly generous. Well, you don't have to be free either. You don't right? have to be right. So I think it's really so yesterday I met with a client that a year ago, um, I, I gave them the contract. Here's how we're going to do this. And they were like, oh, no, 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 we can do it on our own. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and, you know, I still have a little piece that I do, but it's not huge. And um, each time I go in, they're like, well, now what do we do about this? And I said, well, you know, that's that was the original contract that I was going to help you with that. And I would, you know, whatever facilitate this and facilitate, you know, I would have a game in this and each time they're just complaining, but I ne I'm done. Like I never say anything. I never give any advice. I, you know, I'm not here to not be paid for giving them advice. Right. Yesterday they were like, man, this, this is really difficult. This we, I need to know. And, and I said, listen, I gave y'all a contract. We can open that up again, look at it and see how to proceed. And they went, yeah, we might need to do that because this is not working. And I'm like, all right. So, you know, to Al's point, I think also, I think we've all said it, it, it's not a matter of just being a complete jerk in the beginning, you know, and going, all right, I'm done. So, so I kept working with them, but I'm not, what did, what did we always say to Al? Um, I can't remember, but free counseling. Like if you, he, he's so knowledgeable. So everyone's constantly to this uh, day, people are surgeons. Yeah. Just like, tell me, tell me what, and I'm just sitting there. Looking on, at him Here's what you do with free mm. consulting. <laughs> And I hope that doesn't offend anybody, but tell them to it F off, me. man. Well, you it's can just not, tell them. You know, nothing that. free, man. I Look, the electricity up here costs money, right? And well, everybody knows that. So I, I, got, I do have a little nugget because I, I run into the free consulting thing. And we're probably getting a little bit off topic, but here, here's something you have to ask. Hey, real and, quick, and goes, let's do let's see the throwdown real quick because we're because we're at 45 minutes, so we're gonna go around the quick, around real quick. Let's start with Clint. Nuggets, takeaways, haggling. Uh, yeah, haggling. You know, the way the way you start the initial contract or dealings with somebody, you are literally setting a precedence for how you're gonna deal with forever, and it's really tough to change. You can change it. It can be changed, but it is not as easy as doing the right thing up front, doing it the way you want to do business up front. That will follow you and they'll know this is the way that this guy does business. And don't forget, you're, you should be in charge as a salesperson with any situation of anything you sell, you're in charge, right? So how you, how you present that on day one is how everybody will look at you on day 30, right? So just, just uh, you know, how you set the precedence is, is huge. And as a D, from, from our corner, right? That's usually not a problem. But don't forget that people also look at your personality of how you present that deal. So don't come off too strong. Don't come off too, you know, abrasive. Watch those tonalities, you know, no knife hands in the face. Don't be kicking them in the <laughs> shins, that kind of thing. You know, how you deal with those people on day one will follow you forever. All right. Al, eyes, healthcare, what you got? Well, you know, for all the eyes out there, you guys will get bogged down in a lot of conversation to get you nowhere. Sometimes you got to you got to cut to the chase. You got to stick to the process. You don't cut price to get a deal done. You stand on the work that you should be doing 
and you work through this equation. And every time that you have to take your process off the rails because of a haggling issue, you're losing money. You really are. Your margins are going out the window because of time and effort that you're having to spend on correcting a problem or giving a concession that either the other side is going to come your direction, you're either going to figure it out or it's going to go to litigation, right? So get to the point where you got to make a decision and you got to move it forward. And, and anything in between the sideways shit is just a, it just sucks money out of both sides of the equation. Awesome. Nanette for S's and also healthcare, any takeaways? So I, I just think it's really important that um, you at the beginning state what is expected on each person's side. So there's no unmet expectations. I think unmet expectations are usually no one had a clue what it, what it was. And, you know, that's the reason for a contract. And so it seems like, um, I, but that's easy for me to say, I think with my contracts, but with Clint, I, I, I get when you have like these multiple, you know, just pages that go on forever and just nauseam, you just, people can't, it's hard to negotiate, I think, but I, I think that it has to be upfront, just upfront. What is everyone wants. Awesome. Um, for me, the, I think the biggest nugget I have about this is when, when you, kind of figure out your process, right? You know, your margins, you know, what makes sense, you know, what doesn't. And then there's always going to be extenuating circumstances, right? The relationship with the, the potential of other deals, right? Have you been treated well in the past and stuff like this? But when you put in the time and you really kind of figure out like what's acceptable and what isn't in, an, in a non-emotional situation, it's a little bit easier to like stick to it when, when emotions are high. The, the other side of that is at, like, as a C, I tend to be very black or white. It either makes sense or it doesn't. And I, there, there are days where I get on my high horse and I go die on a hill that I don't really need to go die on. But the, the thing that's really important is like, when you make a decision, you got to like stand by it and like own it. Right. Don't, don't apologize for, you know, killing a deal because like the terms don't match up because you've already decided that they don't match up. Right. Like, like live that and go figure out who else you can go talk to and go find out the next deal. Um, because for a long time I was, I was too, too willing on certain deals to make exceptions and not willing on others. And it just kind of drove me crazy. And it was largely because I was, I was emotionally invested in some deals and I wasn't in others. So awesome guys, this was a good discussion, right? Cause this is stuff we all run into in different various formats. Um, and you know, you got to know, what makes sense to stand your ground on and what makes sense to give a, a little bit of ground on. So I hope this was helpful. Um, it, for, for anybody who's listening, if you know someone else who's in sales and they're struggling, please share this with them. If you have a question that you'd like us to talk about or a situation you would like our unique, awesome expert advice on, send us a text, 817-345-7449. Um, we will talk about it on the show. We can uh, keep it, keep you anonymous if you don't want your company or, you know, anybody getting upset. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like, and subscribe. It would be huge. And yeah, go out there, right. We're finishing up the year. So finish strong, get your planning done before January and yeah, we'll see everybody really soon next week. Cheers. <laughs>